0: Hey, this is Let's Parent On Purpose. It's a podcast to help parents thrive and not just survive these parenting years. My name is Jay Holland, and I'll be sharing the tools, tips, and tricks that I've learned in 20 years of successes and failures in student ministry, foster parenting, and parenting my own kids. Hey, friends. So today is on gratitude. That's what we're going to get to. And I thought I would start with just sharing a bit of gratitude myself. Uh, We have now been doing this since January and have now gone over... 1,000 downloads of the Let's Parent on Purpose podcast, as well as more than 2,000 views to the Let's Parent on Purpose.com website. And so, I just want to say thank you for the support. And uh, ideally, what you're supporting is is the investing in your own kids. Uh, But it is encouraging to know that this is being helpful to people, and that you're sharing it with those that you think might be blessed by it as well. So thank you so much for doing it uh, a couple questions i would have for you or a couple requests i would have if if you could go on to itunes or google play or stitcher what however you listen to this and just leave a quick review. Uh, that helps for it to kind of show up in search engines for other people that, that might find help in it. Um, again, the stuff that we're talking about is universal. And you never know when somebody you might, might know um, just really needs what we're talking about. So if you could go on and uh, give a review, that would be fantastic, as well as share it with somebody who you think might be blessed by it. Uh, so the more people that are in, uh, one of the things that's helpful is then I get feedback and requests. The more people that are listening, I get I get better questions on what to cover, and uh, then we all benefit because it's not just stuff that I'm dealing with and coming up with, but kind of a broader community. And sometimes it's not just the questions, but the ideas and support for how to get through things that are better. So thank you again so much for listening, and uh, let's just jump into today uh, our talk about gratitude. So, you know, I'm not a runner, um, but I've pretended to be a runner for a number of years. And now I'm closing in on my 40th birthday, and it feels more and more like I'm pretending. Uh, I've got some advantages when it comes to running. Um, I have good lungs, and I have two legs and some feet. But as time goes on, I have more and more disadvantages, that I've, I've noticed. Uh, I'm over 200 pounds, and it just takes a lot to move that. And I've developed arthritis in my toe and all of these things go into my head as I'm running. But one of the things that I've noticed, and if you've ever spent any time running, maybe you've kind of encountered the same thing. When I run, if there's a breeze, I'm always conscious of that breeze. If I'm running into it, Um, I, I think about it and it feels like I have a parachute on my back. It feels like Man, it must be 15, 20 miles an hour as I'm running into it. Even if it's a slight breeze, I feel like it's dramatically slowing me down, making me uh, just spend so much more effort in running, and I just cannot wait to get through it. But at the same time, a lot of times I'll just kind of where my house is and the the path I run— the breeze is coming from the west and I'm running into the west so a lot of times I start running into that breeze and I get really excited because I know I'm going to turn around at some point and then I'll have that breeze coming at my back uh, but it feels like what happens is as soon as I reach my end point and I turn around the about 15 seconds maybe 20 seconds into running back the other way uh, I, that breeze is gone so I notice it for just a second and then all of a sudden that breeze is gone, and I feel like I'm just running in this dead calm. And it's like, man, what what are the odds that it seems like every time I run with the breeze, the breeze stops when I'm at my back? But then all of a sudden I'll look over to the side and I'll notice that the trees are blowing. Uh, so the wind's moving, but I'm just not noticing it. And I I got to thinking about this again because recently there's a podcast I like, which I would recommend if you just like kind of weird. Um, neat stories on different stuff. There's a podcast called Freakonomics. And they were talking about this principle, like the headwind and the tailwind principle. And it just seems to be a universal human condition that we're really aware of the challenges that we have. Like we notice kind of every slight, every uh, disadvantage that we have. But at the same time, we just the the advantages that we have in life just kind of blend in. We think they're the most natural thing in the world, and we don't give them a lot of thought. Um, you know, let me just give you some examples, and, and you know, we could do examples for the rest of the day. Um, but you know, we might think, well, I uh, you know, I came from a broken home, and uh, I, I you know, I came from a one parent home. But in reality, like we don't realize the fact, that I came from a home like I had an actual house to live in. Um, we don't notice, man. My refrigerator is so full of food that I will not get through it. I'll end up throwing things out because they spoil. And by the way, I get to store my food in a climate-controlled refrigerator. And by the way, I eat whatever I want, kind of regardless of the season. I remember one time sitting around with my kids. I was. Uh, I have family members that are involved in, in uh, produce delivery, and I had worked for them, and so I'd noticed where the produce was coming in from. And one time, I remember sitting around with my my kids, and, and we had a bowl of fruit salad there. And, and I just started thinking, hey, guys, do you realize how many places in the world— this bowl of fruit salad is coming from. The grapes were coming out of Chile. The bananas were out of Honduras. There were pineapples that were imported from Hawaii. I think at that point, strawberries were coming out of California, um, blueberries out of North Carolina. Um, it, it just the whole world. I think we even had kiwi in there, and the kiwi was coming from somewhere, uh, maybe Australia. That's near places that are called Kiwi. Uh, But that that bowl of fruit that we were eating that seemed like the most natural thing in the world to us had been brought in from around the world. Uh, and, And it didn't matter what time of year. What I just described, we live in a time and age where you can have all of that stuff basically anytime you want, but we don't think about it. You know, instead we think about whether we ran out of milk and are going to be inconvenienced for breakfast in the morning, or um, was the coffee exactly right? Just crazy how quickly the natural advantages that we have um, just blend in and we just assume that they're automatic or we don't assume anything about them at all. Uh, You think about your body, how many different parts of the body are there? Um, I don't know. I conservatively, a million. I don't know. I mean, think about how many parts can go wrong. There, there's, there's where you get it. How many different parts of your body can go wrong? The truth is, on any given day, most of the parts of your body are, are working just fine. But I don't marvel at those. I, you know, sometimes I think I, in general I feel good, but I don't spend a lot of fascinating time thinking about how my pinkies work or how my thumbs work. But in the last few months, I, I can tell you I've developed arthritis in my big toe. Uh, in one toe, so and and truthfully, it's not even the whole toe. It's one joint of one toe, and it feels like sometimes that one joint of that one toe just consumes all of my thought. I feel like my whole body is breaking down because of that one toe. You know, so in in some senses, like a great metaphor that it you know, as far as your body goes, and as far as the the body of Christ, that uh, if if one part's out, really everything suffers but the other part of that is just i when i'm feeling good i'm way less prone to be really thankful about how good i feel than when i'm feeling bad how whiny and bitter and complaining i get about feeling bad you know and i notice that this isn't just my habit this kind of becomes systemic especially with my kids And I don't want to go on and on complaining about my kids, but actually something happened really recently that just, it just struck me so funny. Uh, My kids are in soccer and one of their balls got taken. We were at the soccer field this Saturday and one of their balls, uh, I think somebody just walked off with it. No big deal. So uh, my son, he wanted to spend his money and buy a new one. So I went by the store and picked him up one, but I thought, well, I'll just get another backup instead at that time because I'm sure it's going to happen again. And they were just 10 bucks and it'd be Easier to buy it now than go back. I come home and I have two soccer balls with me and I pull them out and I give, I, I, I put one of the balls in front of the other son uh, who had no idea that I was getting a second soccer ball, had no idea that he was getting a replacement ball. And I set this ball in front of him. My other son, uh, I pulled a ball out for my other son, but the son that was actually buying them, he got first rights to whichever ball because he was spending his money on it. So unfortunately, the ball that he wanted, I had sat in front of the other son. So I took it from him and and gave it to the son that was actually giving me money for soccer balls. And my, my other son went from elation to dejection, I mean, inside 30 seconds. The wild thing is two minutes before that, he didn't even know this thing existed. And... Yet he's able to kind of go into mourning and wailing about the fact that he's not getting the soccer ball that he wants when he didn't even know that there was a soccer ball in the equation beforehand. And uh, man, just how quickly we become accustomed to the things that we have and we assume that we have rights to them. So I realize in my family, gratitude is hard work, not because there's nothing to be grateful for, but because we so quickly... Just make assumptions that whatever is an advantage for us is natural and expected, um, and we just focus on disadvantage. But when I look at Scripture, First Corinthians, or I'm sorry, First Thessalonians, chapter five, verse eight, says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you." Now, Paul is writing to a church at that time in Thessalonica that has undergone severe persecution, and, and things have actually gotten so bad that in a lot of his letter, he's writing to them about understanding that the, the end times haven't happened yet, that the that the Antichrist has not been revealed yet. You'll know because of these certain signs, but things have been so bad, they're wondering, has the Lord already come back? Have we missed it? Because things are bad here. We've been persecuted. And Paul is telling them, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. And we know that this is what he's telling us as well. And so first off, if you've been wondering today, I wonder what God's will is for my life. I wonder if, if he would just write it down for me, or if he would just speak. If just one time God would specifically tell me what his will is for my life, I would do it. Well, I found your verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for your life in Christ Jesus. And we know that if we will spend time actively, proactively giving thanks, it absolutely changes our circumstances. I mean, sometimes it doesn't change the situation you're in, but it just changes your ability to handle the situation. You know, I found that with worry in my life, most of the time, the things that I worry about, the things that I really struggle with, it's not what's happening at that moment. It's not that I don't think I can get through that moment. It's the fact that I'm worried that it'll never end, that it will always be like this. And so, you know, that's just not true. Nothing is always going to be like this. And so when I will actively work to give thanks, when I will give thanks in all circumstances, uh, when I give thanks in all circumstances, I learn to be content in the situation I'm in. And I learn to live in awe and wonder Of the world around me. I mean, just think about your home. Kings who have lived throughout time would give up their kingdom to live in your home, even in your little one bedroom home. You realize how amazing your home is? You get to change the climate to within one degree of what you want. You have a refrigerator that keeps food from spoiling, and then within minutes, you can heat it to an instant degree. If you want steak, you don't go out and first off have a cow or have a calf and then slaughter the fatted calf and then skin it and then cook it after draining the blood. You just open a package of steak, throw it on the grill and 15, 20 minutes later, you're enjoying steak. You go to the bathroom and you pull a lever and it magically disappears. You're not running outside in the cold or peeing. or I mean, you think about even kings. They didn't run outside in the cold. They just defecated in the corner of a room and a servant had to come along to clean that up. What a job that is. Think about it. You're not a servant cleaning up the excrement of a king or a queen throughout time. That's a pretty good life that you're living. Think of your little chariot that you drive around. No matter how good or how bad your car is, most human beings who have ever lived have never experienced anything like what you get in and drive. Again, you get to control the climate inside. You get to have a symphony or a concert of whatever music, or you listen to phenomenal podcasts like Let's Parent On Purpose during your drive time. Uh, you, I hope you caught the sarcasm. Uh, it, you, you have what? The, the power of 100 to 200 horses in your car. But what good are 100 or 200 horses? Your car goes faster than most human beings of the, what, 15 billion people who have lived on the earth. You can travel faster than most of them could ever dream of going, especially on the fastest horse. Speaking of travel, you have traveled probably more in the past week than most humans ever have in their life. All of these things are so natural to us. We we don't live in awe and wonder of them. But they're the, they're just we have been blessed. We have been so amazingly blessed. So I've made it my personal mission in my house to just first start with me, and live that command of a life of gratitude. And at the same time, I I want to instill that in my family, which means I, I I want to stop being angry whenever they complain about stuff. It's like you should just be thankful. You know, you you've been given so much and you're just ungrateful. I I do realize that sometimes less is more. The the fact that they have so much really contributes to them not um, being able to enjoy it. And we live in this big FOMO, fear of missing out culture. And that alone makes us, we can be in the middle of an event, but live in the stress that we're missing some other event. So I want to live grateful and I want to become the tour guide for my family, pointing out the multiple levels of amazing with which God has graced us. So I just want to finish today with three practical steps that you can do to encourage a culture of gratitude in your home. Uh, So three practical steps that you can do to encourage a culture of gratitude in your home. Number one, um, use time as you wake your kids up in the morning or if you feed them breakfast um, or drive them to school, Um, or you can use dinner time. Or maybe if you have a bedtime routine, or maybe you can use all three to do a check-in with them. And, and during that time, ask them what their rose for the day is. Or maybe maybe you can do it like this. Maybe in the morning as you're doing your check-in, look around the home. What is one thing in the home that I'm really thankful for that I know a lot of people in the world don't have? Then at dinner time, the check-in, their rose. What, what's something really wonderful that happened today? And then, in in the bedtime, again, check in uh, who is somebody that God's put in our life that we can be grateful for. Uh, the second thing that I would I would just encourage you to do, I've started doing this with my kids. Um, when bickering starts, and man, I've got three within three years of each other. So bickering can start quickly. And when bickering starts among our family members, instead of immediately moving to punishment or isolation or separation or me having an aneurysm thinking it's never going to stop, I've made them pause and they each have to take around no matter who started the bickering and say five genuinely nice things about one another. So they have to give each other compliments. And honestly, like sometimes with them, it takes so long that the car ride's done whenever it's, it's passed. So I don't have to worry about anything else. Um, but they have to pause and they have to say five genuine compliments about one another. And then a last one, and this is this would be a really interesting thing to do with your family. Go online, and I'll have the link in the, um, the blog about this at letsparentonpurpose.com. But you can Google it as well. The Global Rich List. Look this up. The Global Rich List. It's this really cool thing where you can go in, you can enter your family's household income, which is something would be helpful for your kids to know because they realize that there's, you don't live on infinite money and at some point you have to teach them about money. See where your family ranks among the wealthiest humans in the world. And, and let me tell, me tell you something. You're going to be shocked. Because you probably think you're average or slightly above average in the world. I'm not going to tell you where you stand, but I am going to tell you, you're going to be shocked. And so maybe the follow-up to that, once you see that, is you could do like a month-long exercise in your house of coming up with a cumulative family list of all of the different ways that your family has been given advantages over somebody that lives in the bottom 10% of the world. So it's not a contest, but our eyes need to be open. We have so much to be grateful for, but gratitude's hard work. If you don't put the effort into it, you're not going to be grateful. You're going to be grumpy. Uh, It is hard work, and it's always going to be hard work. We're going to naturally just kind of feel the headwind, but forget about the tailwind really quickly. So we have to make a conscious effort to do that, but it's a good work. So let's get to work on it. Hey, and I am grateful for you, for listening, for taking that time to just do a quick review, for subscribing, for sharing with others. This is Let's Parent On Purpose. It's a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. We would love to be your church family. If you live on the Treasure Coast and don't have one, you can check us out at covenantfellowship.com. Again, go to letsparentonpurpose.com and you can find archives of these episodes, blogs, other links of special things that I've found along the way. I want to thank you again so much for joining us uh, and remind you that this is a marathon, not a sprint. You're not going to get it all right the first time or the fifth time. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.